Hello and welcome dreamers to another episode of the Dreamcast Years podcast. I'm Andrew and this is our OG show where we discuss one of the golden years of gaming which we've decided were between 1997 and 2008. Uh, This time we're looking at 2003. Uh, We've well and truly left the Dreamcast behind but its legacy can still be felt both in new consoles coming to the fore and games that now software only Sega were publishing on other platforms. Uh, But before we get into all that um, I have a few people to introduce. So first of all, let's all welcome a right prick to the podcast. No, not that kind of prick. I am talking about one of my fellow co-hosts and one third of the F1 podcast, Three Pricks and a Podcast. Uh, It's Rich. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good, Andrew. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, you, Are you coping all right with everything going on at the moment? Um... Yes and no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the world's gone crazy. I'm managing to stay relatively sane. Um, but yeah, I'm with that. I've got my, my beer. I'm happy. Always good. Always good. Okay. Um, so joining us as ever is uh, one third of the DCY trifecta. Uh, he's got opinions and he's not afraid to share them. Uh, though whether he's afraid of Rich's wrath after the disappointing quiz result last time is another matter entirely. <laughs> uh, it's the bloody lovely Steve. How's it going? Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, all doing good. That's that's nice to hear. Um, but um, now we've had all sorts of guests uh, so far on DCY, from Switch Island natives to Dreamcast junkyard stalwarts. Uh, they've all been wonderful to speak to. But I think we've really gone and done it this time. Um, it wouldn't be hyperbole to describe this man as a bit of a legend in the gaming community, especially so to fans of the Dreamcast. Uh, he voices one of the most iconic characters in a franchise that launched on Sega's final console 20 years ago, and recently returned to the role after its very long hiatus. Uh, this is, of course, the man who has likely been asked about sailors more times than he cares to admit and who has surely uttered the words <laughs> i and c into a mic more frequently than any other voice actor in memory um, if you don't know who i'm talking about by now then for shame uh, we are of course joined by the one and only Corey marshall english voice of rio hazuki uh, of shamu how are you Ah, i am excellent good afternoon from the united states it's a little early for a beer uh, for me, but uh, well, I don't know. It's afternoon out. now. Maybe I should just start. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, anything. No oh, judgment here. <laughs> Absolutely. Although fine. I do prefer whiskey, so. Well, you know. That's fair. Yeah, that's, that is more of an evening drink, to be to be honest. I suppose. Um, so. so if 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 you guys are the three pricks, what does that what does that make me? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> I'll. I'll... We... <laughs> To figure that one out. I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> Depends how the podcast goes. Yeah, let's see. We'll wait till the end. We'll, we'll decide. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, so, uh, my first question to every guest on the podcast is one that ties us back to the reason that we're here, uh, which is this: uh, What Corey Marshall is your favourite Dreamcast game? Oh, so we're starting with me. Yeah. Um, man, is it is it uh, is it cheating if I say Shenmue? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, if it's cheating. I really, I really do love the game. Um, I tell, I tell fans that not only did I get to work on something that um, was really a game changer in the industry, but I'm really a big fan myself. You know, so um, I, I have the um, yeah extreme pleasure to be able to voice something that I'm actually really into. 
Um, mm. So I love I love Shinmu. You know what I mean? And Shinmu uh, originally came out uh, all those years ago, and I, mm. I, 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 I hope it's not a cop out for me to say Shinmu. I love I love that game. So <laughs> I think it's the uh, the answer that most people would say, to be honest. And we've had a, a few others, but I, I mean. It is a great game, um, and like you said, it was a bit of a game changer. Um, I mean, we're going to touch on this one later, but you, you didn't voice um, Ryo in Shenmue 2 for the Dreamcast. Um, is that right? Because it was just the Japanese voice for that particular game. That's correct, yeah. So 2 did not... Um, uh, you know, a lot of people probably know that uh, the the distribution for English came out on Xbox only. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a chance to do Shenmue 2 on the Dreamcast. But hey... We uh, we still got it one way or another, and of course exactly. we have it again with our uh, with uh, our PS4 uh, fans out there who uh, get a chance to play one and two on on a single disc so. or exactly. on a single. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, did you uh, so did you have a Dreamcast back in the day? Did you have any other games apart from Shenmue, or is it just like the Dreamcast with Shenmue just on its own? <laughs> I, I had game, you know. P- P- oh, a friend of mine ended up giving me Crazy Taxi. I ended up mm-hmm. having Soul Calibur, and I had um, uh, oh uh, Marvel versus Capcom. I had that as well. Nice and nice. Yeah, and and I had only had a few. I only had a few games, and I think uh, main, m- mainly just because I was playing Shenmue on it all the time. But that's <laughs> that's kind of like where I am. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you have like a copy of Shenmue on every possible console now? That I'm guessing. I, well, I still have my original Dreamcast, and I have my mm-hmm. my Xbox. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were a little bit shocked when uh, they find out that I'm not just uh, showered with uh, swag from Sega. Like, oh, here's this copy, and here's that copy. Unfortunately, I have to go out and purchase my own copy of everything, oh, wow. <laughs> just because. Um, I don't know. That's just how it how it goes. You know what I mean? I suppose. Even you know, even if you're a movie star and you happen to like the movie that you're in, I guess you'd have to go out and purchase that DVD. <laughs> it's kind of the same with me. It's like a lot of people think that I'm just given memorabilia, memorabilia and uh, copies of the game and stuff, but no, I have to go out and get my own copies, but. Um, uh, so I kind of have my own copy. So I have the like I said, the original Dreamcast and that Xbox version that I was able to play myself. So, um, can I can I ask Corey just to get some idea of of your sort of gaming sensibilities? What what is it about Shenmue that you find so enrapturing? Aside from the fact that you're in it, obviously, but yeah. what is it that really does it for you? Um, you know, I remember. Um, playing games back in the day and things were starting to expand a bit more and you know playing things like um, um, uh, so so Grand Theft Auto and then uh, there was stuff like um, not no why why am I thinking no 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 help me out it why why is the game blanking on my it's not Silent Hill it's before that it was Resident uh, Evil. Resident Evil? Yeah, yeah. so I kind of remember playing games like that and thinking like, oh, okay, great, so things are starting to expand a little bit more, we're getting into what we call now more of an open world, that kind of thing, but you still still couldn't do everything, you know? And I remember mm-hmm. diving into Shenmue the first time and thinking like, oh, this is like this is what, the, what I've been wanting. First of all, everybody's voiced 
all every, everybody every character every street vendor every child everything you can go into buildings you can go into every room in your house open drawers for no reason whatsoever <laughs> and i remember playing shenmu for the first time and thinking like oh this is it like this is what i've been wanting this is this is what i've been asking for for years i think i thought not every character is voiced for whatever reason okay well maybe there's just too much data and this and that okay well you can't go everywhere you're even though it kind of looks open world you kind of have more of a path to go on okay that's fine and the stuff like grand theft auto you kind of you have your limitations there as well but uh but shenmue was that game where i thought oh this is like this is what i've been wanting hmm. this is this yeah. is the kind of thing that i've that I've been wanting as a gamer for for years. So uh, just just ha- just kind of having that extra a uh, little bit more. Uh, it's that that base of the pillar of all these games that we enjoy nowadays. I mean, I'm playing uh, Breath of the Wild with my daughter right now, and it's just like, man, you can go anywhere, do anything, climb on anything, fly anywhere, go in mm. in the water. You can climb on top of the mountains. All that you know. Those games that we have now. We talk about big open world games, Red Dead Redemption, all that kind of stuff. It's like that was built on the pillar that was Shinmo, you know. Mm. So that's that's what kind of does it for me. I kind of I kind of look at Shinmo as the base, the rock, the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the cornerstone that everything else has been built on. All these games that we love today is because of uh, the 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 leaps forward that Shenmue was able to provide for us as gamers. Um, Corey, when you were when you were recording the actual dialogue for the game, was it a project that you were aware of the scale of at the time, or was it something only later on? Yeah, I did not know. Um, so when they um, invited me onto the project, they didn't tell me what the project was. It was kind of a big secret. I didn't even know what it was until I got there. So they cast, they had an audition and cast me in New York, didn't even tell me what the project was until they flew me to Japan and then introduced me to all of their um, work, their, you know, plethora of, oh. you know, characters and research and pictures and uh, art development that they had done and all the concept art as well. All, all that stuff, they sort of started to give me all that information over over several days i would come in a little bit early they would introduce me to a lot of this stuff and um they gave me a dreamcast while i was there they gave me a uh japanese copy of shinmu with uh english subtitles which was awesome so i got a chance mm-hmm. to play the game as i was voicing the game so they they voiced it so somewhat in order so it was kind of like i was a couple of days ahead of when i was voicing you know what i mean <laughs> so i would i would play for several hours a day and then um uh, i would kind of go in later and almost not not completely succinct but almost in the same order i'd be like oh, okay great i was just there oh yeah i remember this part you know so <laughs> i had the opportunity to play the game and then voice it and it kind of gave me that perspective as well um so that that's kind of how I experienced Shinmo. You know, I got it again. I got a chance to play it on the Dreamcast with English subtitles and um, all of that introduction that they did for for me at Sega headquarters. They they let me kind of into that world, which is nice because 
um, 99.9% of the time as a voice actor, you go into the studio, you do your stuff and you get the F out because they got more people yeah. to come in and they, yeah. they've got money, uh, rolling and, uh, uh, they're just like, Hey kid, get out. You know, we, we gotta get, we gotta get some more actors in here. But for me, they invited me in, they showed me everything and they let me absorb all of that um, knowledge and that just the deep well of uh, information that was Shinmu, and uh, it, you know they 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 sh- they even showed me character sheets. They had huge booklets of all all of the characters. All of them had first and last names. They all had families. They all had um, like. Uh, oh, a brief description of who they are and the, a bit of their personality. It had their blood type. Each character, I mean, every every child to every every um, vendor on the street had a blood type, you know. And that's in Japan. It's kind of it's kind of like uh, asking somebody what your sign is. You know what I mean? Your blood type sort of uh, gives you a clue to your personality, that kind of thing. So that's uh, why okay. something like something like that is important. Um, but that's just that amount of detail, um, was just unheard of, you know? So that's, as I got there and then they started introducing me to all that, that's when I was like, holy crap, man, this is something else. This is unlike anything that's ever happened to me or anybody else before. So that's, I don't know, that, that's, that was just crazy to me. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll we'll kind of um, progress a bit further, probably onto Shenmue Two, and we come across it a little bit later. Um, so, and I'm sure that's probably a completely different story, uh, considering how that came about. But um, yeah, we'll we'll move on for now, but we'll come back to Shemu in the very near future. Um, so, um, we are going to be um, discussing uh, 2003 uh, and all the big games. I say all the big We couldn't possibly discuss all the big games <laughs> because that would just take us far too long. Um, but we'll discuss some of them. Um, and before we do that, um, I'm going to try and take us through some of the big news and other media that we experienced in the year 2003. Uh, this is where the song puns come in. So, I'm going to apologize <laughs> in advance. Um, <laughs> Corey, these some of these song song titles may mean nothing to you because they're terrible, terrible English songs. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so pre- well, prepare for it all to go I'll over just, your head. I'll enjoy the ride. It's okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Paying myself here. <clears throat> so remember, this isn't the year three thousand. Uh, this is two thousand and three. Uh, the year we were crazy in love with velour tracksuits and Little Britain. Uh, So let's touch on a few of our favorite things, shall we? Uh, They're not all scandalous. Uh, Some are quite beautiful. All right, I'm sorry, too many song puns, uh, but they're they're all I have. Um, It's very easy to lose yourself. Um, You don't like it? Well, cry me a river. Uh, I know what you want. You want me to leave right now, don't you? Um, But where's the love? Okay, sorry. Uh, raising the white flag. Let's get busy with what you came here for. <sighs> I'm done. I'm sorry. That was just, that was too just, much. <laughs> just relentless. You are you are a machine hey, gun no, of puns. Yeah. I got some of those. I, I <laughs> you know not not all of them, but I, no. No, I I got some of them. Yeah, there's some there's some yeah there's some decent songs in there. Um, 
<laughs> but let's let's move on to uh, what was going on in 2003 before I give myself a heart attack trying to go through all those. Um, the Human Genome Project uh, project was completed in this year, uh, marking a, a huge achievement for scientists around the world, uh, with 99% of the human genome sequenced. Uh, the Concorde flew for the final time in November of this year, uh, effectively marking the end of commercial supersonic travel. Um, also flying for the final time in 2003 was the Columbia Space Shuttle, which tragically disintegrated upon re-entry after a 16-day mission, killing all seven members aboard. I'm sorry, I go for the I go for the dark stories most of the time. Um, the London congestion charge came into effect this year, causing a fair bit of backlash, but it's still with us, so it works, I guess. Um, the, the fifth Harry Potter book, Order of the Phoenix, was released in this year as well. I remember feverishly reading that over the course of three days. Um, among those to pass away this year was British comedian Bob Monkhouse, uh, while people born in 2003 include the likes of environmental activist Greta Thunberg and someone who Wikipedia lists simply as abductee, Madeleine McCann. Um, <laughs> that, pretty, that was pretty awful to list. That's just what it's just abductee. That is her only oh thing on Wikipedia. Um, so... Um, where was I? In television, uh, shows such as QI and Peep Show debuted here in the UK, uh, while in America we saw huge shows such as Mythbusters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Punked, America's Next Top Model, and NCIS premiere for the first time. Uh, British cinemas saw the likes of The Ring, uh, The Matrix Reloaded, Finding Nemo, and Love Actually top the box office. And finally, in music, we had albums such as Reality by David Bowie and Funky Dory by Rachel Stevens uh, reached the top of the charts and the top 10 biggest selling singles of the year were as follows hold on to your hats uh, number 10 Spirit in the Sky by Gareth Gates and the Kumars um, number 9 Make Love by Room 5 featuring Oliver Cheatham um, Sound of the Underground at number 8 by Girls Aloud uh, number 7 Crazy in Love by Beyonce you must know that one Corey, that's just like everybody knows crazy in love it's uh it's, it's a good song it's my ringtone there you go wow <laughs> nice <laughs> um, actually uh it's it's the uh, psycho theme or, or the um halloween theme sorry <laughs> ah. cool. that's better cool. i think um, <laughs> uh number six was uh the faux lesbians tattoo all the things she said oh how that uh, how that kind of crashed down around everybody um number five is interclub <laughs> by 50 cent uh number four breathe by blue cantrell featuring sean paul uh number three i think we might all agree this is a, a bit of a banger uh bring me to life by evanescence who does not remember oh, being yeah, emo well, as fuck Indeed. to this song uh, number two I probably shouldn't mention because I don't think this man's name needs to be mentioned anymore but it's Ignition Remix by R. Kelly which has aged terribly obviously and the uh, number one song of this year was Where Is The Love by the Black Eyed Peas uh, which is okay in comparison um, so that was a bit of a history lesson um, and now we're going to get on to what um, we're all here for uh, and that's to take a look at the big games that released this year as always we'll have a bit of a discussion around our memories and opinions of these games and then decide if they were game changers just games or a bit shit um so let's crack on and um we're going to get back to shamu of course which in europe released on the 21st of march for xbox so Corey, kind of coming back and kind of going back to where we left off with the original Shenmue. So obviously the second one didn't get um, an English um, dub in on Dreamcast. So how right. did that come about when when they kind of ported it to Xbox? How did they approach you to to do that? I think because there was there was a bit of 
back and forth and a little bit of turmoil about what was going on. Um, they they ended up just saying like, hey, we are going to do two. We of course want to invite you back. And actually, it was a bit of a coincidence. I was doing uh, a show. For anybody who doesn't know, I used to do a lot of live theater, and I actually used to uh, do um, dance as well. Um, so I used to be a professional dancer. And so I was actually on the island of Guam performing a show out at this uh, at a place called the Sandcastle. It's this huge, like, extravagant show. It's almost like a Las Vegas-style show. But um, I had ended up um, rolling over my ankle and uh, unable to perform anymore. And um, they, we were kind of like in discussion about what to do. And they said, I don't know, you know, what, what you want to do. Uh, it was kind of, they were kind of like hinting that maybe I need to just go. And like, it, it was like the, a week after that happened, they ended up calling me for Shenmu. And said, "Hey, we want you to come back to Japan." And I was like, "Yes, thank you," because <laughs> uh, I was basically stuck in Guam without any money or. Well, I mean, I had savings, but I, it's like I didn't have any like any any means of income or anything like that. And then they ended up calling me for Shinmu. So it was kind of like just another job for me, you know. They said, "Hey, we want you to come over and voice too," and I was like, "Hey, great!" So I did it. And um, all of that decision was made um, outside of my privy, so that they they just they 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 didn't kind of inform me on any of that. And I guess there was kind of the debate for me. I I was wondering the same thing: Are we going to see it on Dreamcast? You know, because mm. there was all that discussion at the time. And um, uh, ended up being on Xbox. So I was like, Oh, okay, um, great. <laughs> I guess you know what I mean, um, and I remember there was a lot of there was a lot of talk too that a, a lot of people that I was talking to about yeah well okay so which platform is it going to be on if it's not going to be on Dreamcast is it going to be on Xbox is it going to be on um, PlayStation all that kind of stuff and um, yeah uh, and it ended up being on Xbox and I was okay with that you know. Um, there were some good games on Xbox, and uh, I enjoyed the platform, but I don't know. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Did you? So you got you guys? Did you did you play the Japanese version, or did you end up playing the the English version on Xbox? Uh, well, I mean, it, so it came out obviously in in Europe with the Japanese voice uh, acting. Mm -hmm. So I played the uh, the European version on Dreamcast. Which is weird because obviously I'd played the entirety of Shenmue with English voices and was obviously right. used to you voicing Ryo and then all of a sudden just some other guy starts like talking in, in <laughs> Japanese and I'm like I don't, right. this isn't this isn't the same character um, so it was it was an interesting change um, it was it was it was quite interesting though because it also gave you the uh, because you know original Shenmue is just set in Japan and we never mm. got over here we didn't get the Japanese voice acting at all so it was kind of interesting to see how that would have been um, in Shenmue 2. Um, but then, yeah, I picked it up on the Xbox when it came out, and I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> English voice again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have to read subtitles. Um, so. A lot of people pretty much have the same story that you just described over in Europe. They're like, oh, mm. yeah, I picked it up, and I played it in Japanese. And um, I, I guess I'm, I'm um, I don't know, flattered, maybe uh, a bit... Um, 
maybe humbled by the fact that a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I, I just, I had to get the, or I had to get the Xbox version so I could hear you do the voice again, because that's mm -hmm. the one that I played back in the day. And that's what meant so much to me. And I was like, oh man, you know, that's, that's amazing. You know, <laughs> cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, a lot of people said the same thing. They're like, oh yeah, when I played it, it felt weird because I was hearing somebody else voice you. And I was like, well, actually, you know, he's the Japanese guy, so it's like he he he's probably more like, you know, Hazuki than me. But okay, cool, thanks, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 kind of a common story. So I'm kind of uh, I don't know, grateful, but also humbled by that that a lot of people wanted to go get the Xbox version just so they could hear uh, the, the, mm. the English version or version of Shenmue. So yeah. I mean, it was a big deal at the time as well. I mean, they 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 added features to it for the Xbox, like there was like the photo the photo mode, and like, you could oh, have all yeah. the sepia tones and the black and white photos. And then the, the fact that it had I can't remember if it had both voice tracks for the Xbox. I have a feeling it might have done potentially. Um, uh, I seem to remember thinking uh, remember it having both. Yeah. Yeah. So that was quite a cool feature. And then the fact that also I don't know if this was the case in America or Japan, but here it came with Shenmue the movie. Um, which is mm -hmm. like a DVD oh, yeah. with all the cutscenes cut together. Oh, yeah. And that was quite an interesting thing to have because obviously it's such a huge game with a massive story. And if you just plonked people into Shenmue 2 who'd never played the first one, like how yeah. would they, you know, he just steps off the boat in, in Shenmue 2 and it's like, oh, here I am in Hong Kong. It's like, okay, without any of the backstory <laughs> of the original, how are you going to kind of pick up on what happened? So, yeah, that was quite an interesting decision on their part to kind of make that, I suppose, make that movie, that movie which is actually quite good. Like they cut it together really well. I thought. I don't know if anybody else. I remember it. thinking it was quite good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it, it a great idea it, too. It, it, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of strange. I don't. I can't think of any other examples of it happening where a sequel mm. to a game comes out on a different platform. But I should imagine that a lot of people that picked up Shenmue Two probably didn't play the first one. So yeah, it was kind of uh, an inspired decision to include that movie in there. Definitely. But um. The, 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 so uh, Shenmue 2 it plays very similarly to Shenmue 1 but um, the parts that I loved about Shenmue 1 were obviously the feeling of uh, I always say it feels like you've gone on a trip and you're going to you're feeling like an authentic experience in Japan what it would be like mm. to walk around a, a neighbourhood in Japan and then obviously in Shenmue uh, 2 the draw for me there was that it was that similar kind of experience but on a much bigger scale um, and in a different place, and uh, I mean the 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 scale change between Shenmue One and Two is kind of staggering. Really, it's you sort of forget how much bigger Two is than One, yeah. um, just in terms of the different numbers of people that you can run into, um, the sense of exploration, uh, how many buildings you could go in, uh, so many more drawers that you could open for no reason and investigate. <laughs> Uh, I, I think my favourite part of Shenmue 2 was asking people for directions. I remember being blown away mm. by that at the time. Um, you don't know where you're going, so you just ask people, and they will sometimes point and go, yeah, it's that way. Uh, sometimes I'll just go, I don't know, guy, what are you, who are you? Go away. Um, and, and some people, if they were super friendly, they would say, follow me, and you could follow them through the streets, oh, yeah. and they mm -hmm. would show you which way to go. I remember thinking that was, that was very cool. That was very cool. Mm. Yeah, it was one of those um, kind of 
quality of life improvements that it had over the first game where you know the first game kind of just went you just figure out everything for yourself you, you know if you want to find somewhere go find it if you need to be somewhere at a certain time you wait until that time whereas Shenmue 2 was like okay we'll, we'll help you find that place and okay if you need to be there for a certain time you can kind of skip ahead if you want that's fine mm-hmm. um, which was kind of inter- an interesting and I think almost necessary change um, considering how, how you know the way games were progressing there was there's something for me personally there's something great about the first game and the fact that you do have to wait you have to go find something else to do if you need to wait for somebody you know go to the arcade or something um, but not everybody liked that so I, I kind of get why they then changed it up a little bit and, and made it a bit easier for people to get into I suppose yeah you know it's interesting that you talked about um you know, Shenmue and how it's kind of like taking a trip. Uh, you're talking about taking a trip and, and entering Japan and going through Yokosuka and all that kind of stuff. And then Shenmue 2 was, you know, you're somewhere else and you get to experience, uh, you know, China. Um, one way that I kind of view Shenmue is kind of like a, a good book, right? So a good book should uh, make you leave your reality for a while and um, whatever else is going on in your life, if you've got you know, work and troubles and bills and all that kind of BS, that you don't think about it anymore because you're on this, I don't know, epic adventure. You're, you're, um, you, know, you have a sword and you're slinging spells and you're slaying dragons and you, know, you, you kind of leave your reality for a while. I, I feel that Shinmu for me, was the same way uh, and the fact that a good book should make you leave your reality, it was the same for me that when I started playing Shinmu, I, I literally forgot about my world for a while, right? And I, w- and I became Hazuki, and I was running around uh, in town trying to find uh, clues and secrets and this and that, and what's the mirror, and w- wow, this, this secret can, uh, door in my basement and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just kind of remember occasionally stopping and being like, oh, whoa. Yeah, I'm alive, like out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I forgot. It's kind of it's 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 one of those instances where you kind of became the character uh, for a while. You know what I mean? It's it's not like when you're playing um, old school Zelda. You know what I mean? With the when he's he's running around with his little sword and his boomerang and all that kind of stuff. You didn't you didn't kind of you you kind of you you got engrossed in the game, of course, when, especially when you're fighting bad guys and all that kind of stuff. But you never you never really thought that you were running around. I don't know. When I was playing Shinmu, I kind of, I kind of felt like I was personally running around town trying to mm. revenge, you know, have revenge for my father. Mm. You know what I mean? I kind yeah. of just left my reality. Well, uh, I mean, it's 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 because of the it's because of the um, uh, it's because of the authenticity and the attention to detail, right? Like, yeah. you lose yourself in a fantasy game, but, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief, whereas mm. with a game like Shenmue, it's a small neighborhood in Japan, or it's a big city in China, but it's like a real place, and it, it, it works hard to try and come across as a real place, and, that, and and that's how you end up losing yourself in it, is because it feels authentic, and that's what I always really liked about those games the most, is just the... the, the it, it feels like a... It, it, feels like a slight but i mean they're willing to render the mundane parts too like you Mm. can see the litter on the streets you can see you know flickering lampposts or whatever like it all feels very authentic and very real i was gonna i was gonna ask as well Corey. was it i mean did you play two with the english dub or did you play it before that and then was it weird listening to yourself as you play that kind of game is that a weird thing to do 
Um, yeah, I did. I waited for uh, the Xbox version, so I so I played. So I did play the English version. Um, you know, it's not weird, and I think it's because I've already voiced it. So when I've done one and two, I you know I I, I look up on the screen, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cutscenes and a lot of um, movie that I get to watch while I'm voicing it. So I kind of have seen the scenes already. And I've seen Hazuki up there, and they've played it back even with my voice sometimes. And if we're doing strict time constraint, which happens a lot, uh, because Japanese has already happened in the case of 1 and 2, and they had to... Well, I mean, they did it in 3 too, obviously, but they have... Uh, you have to really get the voice in a, in a particular time frame sometimes, so we have to kind of... Uh, you know, look at the uh, look at the video. So I, I guess I've already sort of seen it with my voice, and I'm kind of used to seeing Hazuki with my voice. So that it, it's not odd for me, but it's still it is still kind of cool, especially when you start playing the game for the first time, and then you know you hear my voice coming out of this uh, character, and I'm like, oh yes, I can't wait to play this game. Um, so you know, of course I I when I first start playing it for the first when I play it for the first time, I, I do get that excitement of, oh yeah, that is, that's me, <laughs> you know, but then, I, but then I'm used to it. So I just play the game and enjoy. Um, okay. So, I mean, we, we had, uh, we've already discussed um, Shenmue 2 when it came out for the Dreamcast in a, in a previous episode. So a lot of our thoughts are already out there, I guess. Um, but I mean, the Xbox was different, I suppose, wasn't it in terms, I mean, it's the same game, but it had nice, some nice improvements. Um, it was, uh, had the English voice track um, for the first time, which is great. Um, kind of taking those into account then, um, what we usually do at the end here is decide whether the game was a game changer, a game or shit. I'm pretty sure we can take shit off the table for Shenmue 2. I think, <laughs> I think, we're, safe. I think we're safe in saying that. Um, so we're gonna, I mean, um, Rich, I know you've been a little bit quiet was there anything you wanted to to add on this one at all before we start i mean i have to i have to confess obviously with shenmue 2 i love the first shenmue but for various reasons i have not played shenmue 2 yet hmm, so, interesting. so i will confess that to you now um <laughs> well now's the time <laughs> i know well i actually i actually finished a playthrough of the first game today on the dreamcast before the recording nice so first time a bit the second time in 20 years and it's the first time since i originally had it so now wow. is the best time. It's still a very expensive game though, so yeah. to buy secondhand now. Sure. That's kind of what put me off. And I don't have a PS4 anymore, so I can't get the HD collection. But oh. yeah, and I'm making like, so many excuses. I know. We'll find a way. We'll find a way for you to play, Rich. It'll <laughs> it'll happen. It will. Who will? will. <laughs> um, That's okay. I'll I mean... call, I'll call you up in a couple of days and I'll hear some more excuses. I'll just. <laughs> awesome that's fine Funny. that's fine <laughs> yeah rich we're just gonna get Corey to like call you every week now and have you played it yet have you I'm played fine. it yet <laughs> hey it's your have you have you played <laughs> amazing i think rich Happy would just never play shemmy 2 just to hear you say that every week <laughs> yeah, just to call up oh, that's Corey again he's just uh... it's <laughs> um so rich we'll start with you what are we thinking game okay. game changer I'm going to be Game Changer. Yeah. I don't even need to play it to know it's a Game Changer. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve, who has played it, um, Game yes. Game Changer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've talked a lot about the parts of uh, Shenmue 2 that I that I enjoy. Um, there are a lot of idiosyncrasies in Shenmue and Shenmue 2 that aren't quite my cup of tea. 
but um you know it is also responsible for pop for popularizing and being the bedrock for a lot of really important parts of gaming so yeah it is definitely a game oh there was there was no change at the end there uh, <laughs> like i said you know there are some idiosyncrasies <laughs> there that are perhaps not quite my cup of tea but to say to describe shenmue 2 as being shit would just be you know fair that's fair enough that is fair enough Un- unfair unkind but it's definitely a game for sure yeah 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 i mean yeah obviously um cory coming to you yeah um yeah so we talked about how obvious it was that uh shenmue one um was 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 clearly a game changer uh so yeah, yeah as far as two is concerned i think we're kind of building off of that right so we have we have one and then we're 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 trying to 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 push that envelope a little bit more i think we talked about some of the some of the things that got better some of the you know we have we have more space more places to go we talked about with the people and all that kind of stuff so i mean i i think i would say game changer because we're still we're still trying to push the envelope um now you know just to jump ahead a little bit we're talking about shenmue 3 which came out just recently Mm -hmm. it's like that is that a game changer? No, I would say that that's. I would. I, I'm hoping that three is more of a bridge, right, from two to four. That's what I'm hoping. So we'll see what happens okay. with four. But I might. I might say that three is that a game changer? No, but I think two. We're still trying to push the envelope a little bit more from one. So if we can, we can keep that ball rolling. You know that that would have been fantastic, but <laughs> obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> but. Yeah. Now, now we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna see what what happens now with uh with with four right right everybody yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as, as soon as, if that if they go to Kickstarter again for it I'm right there I'm gonna throw as much money as it as I'm possibly able to um but yeah I I I do agree with you though in terms of Shemi two being a game changer it, it was I mean the, the, even if you just go by the story alone um the the story that it tells is much more epic than the first game like the characters they introduce you've got ren and joy and you actually get to meet mm. shenhua and it's yeah for me it was it was it was almost like they feel like the same game shemi one and two feel like they should i mean they are technically but you know they, they feel like you, you have to play them together so because shemi one was a game changer for me shemi two is automatically a game changer because it, mm. it continues that story and it, it improves on it in so many ways for me um so yeah, I'll say game changer as well. So there you go. It is a game changer. It is so, officially decided. Can I just add? Is 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 Shenmue Four confirmed? Then is that is that a thing that's happening? What was? Well, um, I Yu Suzuki himself has basically. I mean, has it has it been confirmed? Um, Yu Suzuki himself has has said some pretty strong language that's saying that mm-hmm. four is gonna happen i was mm-hmm. i've been telling people like look as far as uh our kickstarter is concerned and as far as uh sales uh, it's funny we had like not great sales in some places like japan but we had great sales here in the states and we had great sales over in uh uk i think uh some of the people in the uk were even telling me like hey i we can't get shenmue 3 <laughs> because it's sold out and they said we even tried getting it on uh amazon uk and it was sold out so i huh. was like hey that's that's cool wow awesome um so i think we kind of learned some lessons like where we shouldn't sell it and maybe where we should sell it more you know next mm-hmm. time so i was thinking 
we've kind of learned some lessons, and then we had um, we had some other companies come in with uh, Deep Silver and all these other you know companies that kind of joined the project. And I said, I think with all of that, uh, I I have great hope <laughs> for Shenmue Four, um, and I have a you know a strong feeling that it's going to happen. Um, but there has been some very interesting language from uh, Yu Suzuki himself recently, so maybe people could go um, Google Yu Suzuki and Shinmu 4 and listen to some of his audio because a lot of people were like, yeah, he just basically confirmed it, like it's, it's happening. So I was like, okay, sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Great, I, got, I get to I play just, 4. <laughs> I just got one last question, if you don't mind. Given the length of time between 2 and 3, I, I assume there was a point at which someone got in touch with you and said, we would like you to voice Shenmue 3. Uh, what, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, I said that I'd get back to them, and, you know, their people could call my people and maybe we'll <laughs> something out. I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't say yes right away. I didn't, like, I didn't start crying on the phone and say, yes, absolutely, you know, I'll do it for free, anything. I didn't say any of that. I just, no, no. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, I was like, yes, definitely. I would love to come back. Um, I would love to, to be a part of a project that, not only am I proud to be to to be to be a part of um, that, uh, I'm a and I mentioned before I'm a fan myself. So it's, it's when I heard when I heard that three was happening through the Kickstarter campaign, that oh I, well I mean they they announced it on um, at, at E3. That's when I found out. I found out the same time everybody else did. Um, uh, I, I I had that moment of yes 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 I get to play <laughs> Shenmue three and then I thought ooh, I hope they call me. Yeah, they want, they want me to be a part of it, right? Right? I hope, please. I wonder um, one quick question. So going way back, obviously, I know the original plan. I know um, Yu Suzuki said there were going to be like nine games. This is going way back. Were you actually aware of that? Were you prepared for that? Yeah. Um, he he talks sometimes in the uh, in with chapters in mind, and he talks about how many chapters one was and how many chapters two was. So he talks about all these chapters, and then and then yeah, he'll talk about games as well. So, um, I was definitely prepared for that because that that was that was an early discussion. Um, they they talked about the depth and the scope of the game, and they talked even just the music alone. There's so much music that we haven't even used that's mm. already written, that's just that's just sitting somewhere to be used. Um, it's it, there was so much that went into the production before Shenmue one and two even got started. So um, knowing that, yeah, I was prepared. I was like, great, I'm going to be fucking sixty years old and still doing this. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> but it turned out that I'm forty and we're still only on three. So <laughs> uh, you know, some sometimes life turns out a little different than you think. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. I, I think. I'm hoping that again. I, I I feel that we'll probably at least get four, um, and I'm I'm thinking, and and I don't know this for sure. So don't you know everybody out there who's listening to this? Don't don't think that I know any inside information because I don't, and I wish I did, but I don't. But I'm I'm just kind of thinking that hey, I think we'll probably get four, and maybe five. We'll we'll see. We'll see. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. 
that would be pretty cool. I think that would be good, as long as they can kind of finish the story off. Because um, if they leave us hanging, I mean, that's what happened with Shenmue 2. And uh, I mean, the, the fan backlash for that 18 years of uh, people <laughs> kind of begging for it to become a, you know, for Shenmue 3 and every E3, every single E3. I mean, that must have been weird for you. I mean, probably great as well. Every single E3, people like this year, this year, they're going to announce this Shenmue year. 3. It's going to happen. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that I remember one time I was in Vegas and uh, I came across this large arcade and there was a whole bunch of Sega games there. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. So me and my wife were there at the time. Uh, she was my wife or was she my fiance? Uh, anyway, my now wife uh, <laughs> were there and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, let's just uh, spend a little bit of time here. And my wife took a picture of me like with the Sega sign right behind me, and people are like, uh, Shinmu 3 confirmed, Shinmu 3 confirmed, Corey's <laughs> in Japan, look, he's got the Sega symbol right next to him, and I was like, oh no. Every time, every time I, I do something like this, accidentally, there's the, the internet blows up, and then people start sending me messages, and yeah, I was like, oh, that was my mistake. <laughs> every 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 little rumor, every time that uh, Yuzuki does something or says something, or like he said, another E3 pops up or something. That yeah, I used to always get messages all the time, <laughs> and and I remember I was like, oh man, I I really made a mistake by by posting that Sega without context. But hey, I guess <laughs> it brought a lot of attention back to Shenmue. So yeah. I don't know, Paid was it a good thing? Maybe it was. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got we've got Shenmue three now, and it's uh, it's a great thing if we can get four and five even better. Um, so I fingers guess just, crossed. Yeah, people just you know, just keep talking to Yu Suzuki. Just keep like messaging him. I don't know if he's on Twitter or anything. Just just you know whatever. Send messages. <laughs> send 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 postcards. Anything. Just tell him to do it. I think that's what it is. You know, yeah. he, he just got so much. He got bombarded by fans for so many years. He was like, "All right, that's it. I have to do it. It's just gotta <laughs> happen." God, if you guys would just stop for five minutes, I can make this game. So um, we've got a few other games to talk about. Uh, kind of moving away from Shemu, and and um, I'm not sure which of these you've played, Corey. So this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We have um, Rich is our resident um, person who generally will go to, and he hasn't played it. Um, that is the uh, the comedy of this podcast. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Rich, on this one. Rich, <laughs> you do. Um, 14th of November on PS2 and PC uh, in 2003 was Beyond Good and Evil. Rich, have you played Beyond Good and Evil? I have not played Beyond Good and Evil. Shocking! Shocking! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you... We're off to a great start. Yeah. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? I mean, just drinking beer and hanging out. God. <laughs> Like I said, I'm the comic relief. Yeah, I'm a Shenmue fan, so that's why I came. <laughs> Wear, wearing a Nintendo shirt, I see. Is that right? Ooh. <sighs> uh, so, so, Rich, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this game? Do you know much about it? Have you seen it? Mm, I've seen screenshots. That's about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, Steve. <laughs> Steve, Hello. good and evil. Um, I know you've played this game. So for, uh, yeah. for Corey's benefit, me and Steve go back a long way. We've been friends since we were like, what, 14? So um, like that, yeah. I know you've played this game. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this particular one, Steve? Um, my thoughts are that I thought this game looked and sounded super rad. Um, but I, I, always, I always wanted to like it more than I actually did. I, I thought it controlled kind of, kind of junkily. Um, like I play, I play games for the artwork and for mm. the music and for the atmosphere and the experience. Um, but the gameplay on this one, I, just, I don't know, there's something about it that I found really off-putting. I, I, mm. I really liked every, everything else about it. 
Um, okay. I thought it had uh, a really good aesthetic, but uh, yeah, it just didn't grab me in the game in the gameplay department. Who's the guy? Who's who's the director of this? I know he's. Uh, I can't, I can't um, remember his name. Michael? Is it? I, I want to say Ansel. A N C E L. Is that right? <sighs> Michelle Ansel. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he does, he does, he does good work. Um, but I don't know. This one was a miss for me, sadly. Yeah. So basically, it was great, other than the game part. Is is what I'm saying. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Corey, have you played have you played this game? Uh unfortunately I have not. I cannot contribute right now. Oh, okay. Uh Thanks, Corey. Yep. yep. I, you know, I got to get my beer now. <laughs> I I I think with Steve, I I kind of I don't know. I I enjoyed the gameplay. Um there's like the photography aspect of it and then there's like mm-hmm. the combat and then there was the um the driving around aspect. I don't know that yeah. It, it kind of worked for me, but I kind of get that they're, they're all disparate parts and they, they, they maybe didn't all work well as the parts were intended. But as a whole, I thought it kind of pulled together quite nicely. Um, the only thing I, I am concerned about is the fact that Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been in development for what seems like um, much, much longer than Shemmy uh, 3. Um, and yeah. I'm never sure if that's going to come out. I don't know what's going to I'm, I'm not convinced that's a real thing at this point. It's, it's, mm. I mean, it was rumoured to be in development for so long, and then, and then they finally uh, confirmed its existence, and that has been so long now since then. So, yeah. like, God only knows what's going on with that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit... It's possibly vaporware at this point. Sounds like something I should voice, then. Yes. Put a call, yeah. Get your agent to put a call in. Uh, see, what we can get, see what we can get into. Um, hey, there's this game that's been in development for 20 years. I think I should be a part of it. <laughs> the only other game that's got that dubious honor, I think, is Duke Nukem Forever. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want to have been part of that one. Uh, oh, it doesn't sound like your cup of tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, th- we've not got much to contribute. I mean, I've played this game and I did enjoy it, but it's been a while since I've played it and I don't think... For me, I don't think it was a game changer. I enjoyed it. I think it was a game, but I don't think it was much more than that. Uh, I mean, Steve, mm-hmm. as the only yeah. person here who's played it. Well, um, like like I said, I, I, I enjoyed this game's vibe, um, but given that I didn't really enjoy playing it that much, uh, yeah, I'd say it was a game. Fair enough. Um, Corey? Yeah. What would you say to this game? <laughs> <laughs> what would I say to it? Um, yeah, you know, I, I guess... You were talking about like the mechanics being uh, clunky, or was it combat that you didn't like, or something like that? It was kind of so. Yeah, I mean, the running around didn't feel great, but then the combat was like it was varied, but it 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 was so varied that it felt like I could never get into a rhythm with it. It like it changed mm. a lot depending on the circumstances, and I think you played multiple characters as well. So mm. I don't know. It just never felt like I was really in control, or I never really understood what it was I was supposed to be doing. So right, right when you got an idea of what you were doing, it would change on pretty, you. Pretty, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Mm. Okay, I could. There was yeah. there was a talking pig called Paige. If that helps you make your decision at all. Cool. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. Well, then I'll call it a game. What can I say? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, That's, I like uh, talking pigs. <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> which do you like talking pigs? <laughs> I love Talking Pigs, so it's a solid game for me. <laughs> so just on the basis of Talking Pigs alone, <laughs> talk this one down from shit to <laughs> excellent. <laughs> little negotiation there, but we got it. Okay, <laughs> Okay, this is how it works. Um, so next game. 
let's move on. Um, let's see how many of us have played this one. Uh, this is a uh, Star Wars game, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which mm-hmm. released on 12th of September on Xbox. Um, who am I going to come to first? Corey. Corey, have you played this game? Um, yeah, a lot, actually. Okay. Um, am I in the m- minority here? Well, should we go around and just check? So, Rich, have you played this game? I have. Wow. Oh, wow. great. Oh, my God, Steve? Uh, I feel very comfortable saying no now then. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, well, I've played a bit I, of it. So, so. I'm, not, so I'm not alone. Did, did you, you, you did play it. You did or did not? Me? No, no, no. I'm, uh, who, oh. who, who just spoke? Was Andrew. I, I have played a bit of it. I've never finished it, but I've played enough of it that I understand it and, and kind of get the, the gist of okay. it. Okay. I actually really like this game. Um, there were, there were things, uh, well, I don't know. So combat was kind of interesting. I, mm-hmm. uh, we, we had our, we had our choices to go light and dark and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that's, uh, uh, one thing that I enjoyed doing. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there, the choices that you made kind of determined what, what sort of the side of the force that you would, um, start to gravitate to, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I, I I went back and enjoyed playing the game different ways. So I got to be all the choices that I thought would be righteous and good. And then I was like, okay, well, what is it? What it would be like to be kind of I don't know, make some bad decisions sometimes. And then you kind of like mm-hmm. you kind of saw where your force powers went then. And I was like, okay, well, what if I started experimenting with some more darker powers? And I was like, oh man. Like once you once you start to kind of dabble in the dark side, you're like, wow, some of these are really strong, and I can see why you would want to you would want to kind of not be all good all the time, mm-hmm. because you'd you'd start to kind of experience other force powers, and then I was like, well, shoot, might as well just go completely the other direction too and see what's going on, and you're like, holy crap, man, the dark side is strong, and I can see why this is so appealing because damn, you could just wreck all day with this, and I remember. Some of the some of the decisions that I was making, some of the other dark side characters that because you, you you pick up both light and dark side characters as you go through the journey, and I remember some of the decisions I were making were so heinous that even the dark side characters were like, "Whoa, man! Like that that was, that was like that was crazy. Why, why did you do that? That you just you murder people for no reason?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I, even dark siders are like, "Whoa! Don't be a homicidal maniac. Like that's just ridiculous." So. <laughs> But yeah, I, I kind of remember going through that process, like, oh, I'm just I'm gonna be the good guy because you know that's me, and then re- kind of remembering taking that trip going down the dark side and thinking like, oh shit, I can see why this is so appealing, because mm. damn, real it's so easy just to, because you know you have to you have to focus on, I don't know, protection and healing and uh, lightsaber battles and all that kind of stuff, but. I remember toward the end of the game when when my dark side powers were so strong I could just hit that lightning force and just goosh it would go up into the air and it would rain down on multiple enemies and I could kill 10 guys in one room like that and I was like dude dark side uh, uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's a good for job me this isn't real yeah <laughs> cuz Corey would be an ass yeah he'd walk into a room and just 10 dudes would hit the floor uh no but yeah I remember really playing that game a lot. So for me, yeah, it was an important game. I I I, I liked that uh, that that process that it gave me, the the uh, the idea of being able to kind of float back and forth. And like I said, you know, you don't have to be all good. You don't have to be all bad. You can be in between and kind of have a little bit of both. And 
Uh, mm. I, I enjoyed that. So game, it was an entertaining game for me. I actually really loved it. Yeah, it was one of the... I mean, we've had like moral choices in games for quite a while, but I think it was one of the first ones that gave you the ability to be, like you say, a bit of both, have a bit of grey area, um, mm-hmm. and that your choices kind of mattered a bit more rather than if, you know, if, if you're good, then you'll get a good ending, and if you're bad, you'll get a bad ending. It was more that you got to play around with, you know, the, the nuances of light and dark and moral choices um and that was bio bioware was uh, the developer of this one and that was their shtick really wasn't it their, their whole yeah. moral mm. choice thing and they've gone on to that with with mass effect and all of the other games that they've produced uh, maybe not yeah. anthem um so rich you've, you've played this game probably quite a lot more mm-hmm. than i have what what did you what were your thoughts on this one not a lot i mean it's a lot actually i don't remember about this game i bought it for the xbox because it was i bought it purely on the strength of the star wars license mm-hmm. But I never really was much of an RPG kind of guy. Okay. So the only things I really remember most fondly were like the customization in it. We could build like your own lightsaber, mm. and you could customize all the characters in your party as well. So you had like, um, you know, different droids, Wookies. I forget the Ewoks right now. I can't remember. But <laughs> that was the stuff I enjoyed a lot. Um, but again, I was never massive on. Um, RPGs. Mm. So I did own it, did play it, but I didn't play it a great deal. I think I must have moved on to other games. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's one of those. I mean, again, like Shamu, it's the, the story that kind of captivates you. And uh, oh, Star absolutely. Wars is yeah, and Star Wars mm. is like kind of um, rife with amazing stories that really need to be told, but have not been told through the medium mm-hmm. of movie. So they've told them through books and through you know all sorts. And and Star uh, Knights of the Old Republic is one of those stories that really needed to be told. Um, and it's it's a great way to tell it. The, the the medium of game works really well for Star Wars, and I think it's this game that probably uh, made it quite obvious that Star Wars could have good games because there was a lot of really terrible yeah. ones um, I think before this. As well, um, because of the, the 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 time period in which it's set, it kind of um, you know that period is sort of quite maligned because of the prequel movies. But this game, I think, went some way to elevating that kind of cool period that got done a bit dirty by the prequels not being that fantastic um yeah because so i i I haven't played this game but um around 2003 i I was frequenting video game forums and stuff and this game was absolutely lauded uh as being fantastic and i I was always incredibly jealous that i didn't get to play it Mm -hmm. but uh it sounded it sounded great yeah was it just because you didn't have the xbox Uh, yeah it's just because i didn't have the xbox yeah fair Fair enough. Um, when did it come to PC? I remember. Or did it? It did. Yeah, it did, yeah, it did. I'm not sure if it was. It might have been the same year. It may have been the year after. It was. It was very close. Mm. Very, it was very close in terms of when it came out. But, um, but yeah, I guess where's that leave us? That leaves us with figuring out if it's a game changer or not. Um, I'll go back around in the same order. Corey, uh, was this a game changer for you? Well, you know, I I am a big RPG guy. In fact, that's most of my gaming. Um, you know, I'm, I think it's probably because back, way back in the day, the game that I got hooked on was Final Fantasy. Uh, for us, it was Final Fantasy three, and um, I, I, that's where my gaming brain sort of developed. Uh, so yeah, I loved all of that customization, all of the armor that you could put on you, and, and how your and how your followers would start to follow you as well, and their decisions would start to become different, and so. Uh, for me, it was a game changer because I think it's because I am an RPG guy. Uh, so mm. for maybe in my world, it, it, it's it is. Uh, and you were you were mentioning before, Drew, the guy who wrote that, 
is the same guy who wrote uh, the Mass Effect, but he drew our Carpathian. Carpathian. Uh, hmm. No, anyway, he also wrote. Uh, you were talking about the Star Wars books. Mm-hmm. He wrote some really great books about a character called Darth Bane, and um, if anybody hasn't read those, please do. I highly recommend those. They're fantastic. There's it's a three part three part series. Uh, so for me, yeah, it was it was a game changer. As I'm I'm a big RPG guy, so nice, awesome. Um, Rich, what about you? What would you say for this one? Um, I'd still say it's a solid game for me. Like I said, I dropped off pretty quickly, but I think that's more down to my tastes than the game itself. Um, again, it's probably one of the best things that came out during quite a rough point in the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Like Steve said, I mean, the films weren't exactly uh, setting the world on fire at that time, so the games obviously were doing pretty pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say a game. Yeah, solid game. Fair enough. Oh, the, fair enough. the prequels were setting me on fire, just not on, not in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> the Attack of the Clones was the worst of the ones, and that was what the year before that came out. So mm-hmm. yeah. that was a mentally boring film. But continue. Yes. Well, we're looking now. They've. I mean, even even though we've got Disney owning them now, there've been some pretty good films that've kind of made up for uh, that time. Um, Steve, uh, what uh, what would you think uh, well, for the game you've not played? If my fellow forum denizens from 2003 are to believe, this would be a game changer. But obviously, having never played it myself, I can't really say that. But uh, I'm happy. I'm happy to call it a game. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. That leaves me. That's the, if, if I say it's a game changer, then we've kind of split down the middle. And if I say a game, then I'm, I'm kind of leaving Corey on his own over there. Um, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable with that. If that's how you want to okay. be. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, no, do you know what? I think that it was it was a turning point for um, RPGs and the fact and, and Western RPGs in particular and the fact that it did give you these moral choices. And I think that has gone on to be such a huge thing in gaming in general. Not just in RPGs, but you know, moral choice. You've got games like um, Life is Strange that's all about the moral choice and the, and the choices that you make. And I think they came off the back of games like this from Bioware and other developers. So I think for that fact and the fact that it was a good Star Wars game, which there at the time were very few of, um, I think it's a game changer um, for bringing that to the fore, I think. So yeah, I'll say game changer. Um, so split down the middle on that one, but you know, that's, that's fine, that's okay. It's half a game changer. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember games like um, Fable as well would. Um, yes. The little things, like if you if you were running down the road and you chose to run through the puddle, you know what I mean? Like that would that would make a difference because you're <laughs> you you would got you would get mud on your boots and on your and on your trousers or something like that, and then people would start mm. to react to you differently and stuff like that. And I was like, oh yeah, you know that that's kind of built off of uh, Knights of the Old Republic how. You, you know you you would make changes within the story but i was like wow these are tiny little details and stuff like that or if you're running if you're running to get somewhere and you cut through a farm or something like that people would start to perceive you differently i remember fable Mm -hmm. kind of went off of that and i i was remembering that nice of the old republic was that way I I, I, yeah. I can't I can't remember what activity does it but there's something you can do in fable that earns you the title of chick chicken chaser you can make it so oh, yeah. all the villagers around you just refer to you as Chicken Chaser. Chicken Chaser, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre. I remember that. Uh, it was great. I, I remember that as well because um, 
before it came out they were kind of bigging up all these different choices that you could make and i think it ended up getting cut way back because there was going to be like um you could affect uh what was it I, there was all sorts of choices like i think in the end you could do things like you could get scars from being in battle i believe like if you were in battle, so you could get yeah scars. um peter molyneux talked a lot about how it was like a game set over a generation and you could plant a tree when you were a child and then by the time you were an adult it will have grown and stuff like that and that was all present in the game but uh, I think they scaled it back in terms of that happening like in real time. Yeah. I think those those right. those generational changes are sort of hard cuts in there. Yeah. yeah. It's a game that should have got a bit more attention, I think. I think it did really well, but I think being on the Xbox alone probably uh, yeah. stunted it slightly. But um okay, let's move on to the next game. So we've got a few more to talk about. Um and I don't want to keep everybody here for all time although that would be great uh, I could talk forever um, the next game is um, it was a, a sequel to a Dreamcast game so automatically I'm going to say this is a game changer um, this was <laughs> Soul Calibur 2 which came out on the 26th of September on PS2 GameCube and Xbox who am I going to come to you first Rich I've not come to you first yet what do you think about Soul Calibur 2 I've not played it I <laughs> have not should have seen oh, that one wow. coming I, I, I owned and I love the first game. Absolutely love it. It was the first fighting game I actually really, 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 really loved and played to death. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, never picked up the second one. Hmm. Well, okay. Fair mm. enough. Fair enough. Uh, Corey, is yeah. this one that you've played? I did play it, yeah. Um, a game changer? Yeah. Um, uh... I remember. I, I actually, I remember that's uh, that's one of the couple games that I mentioned at the beginning of this that I ended up having on my. Because that was uh, so that was o that was o three. I had that on my Dreamcast, right? Uh, Soul Calibur two. That would have been Xbox potentially. Oh, I must. Okay, yeah. then I must have had it on my Xbox. Okay, so yeah, yeah I ended. Up, I didn't. I did end up having that one. I played it. I loved it great yeah um did you play well, the original as well? the so. so say that again Rich. what was that was it, that was the one that had yoda in it wasn't it in the xbox version um uh, no i think that was three. later uh, i think it was spawn in the x was it spawn in the xbox version spawn in the xbox version um oh. it was link <laughs> in the gamecube version and then they just oh, had somebody man. from tekken in the ps2 version Ahachi. It's Ahachi, 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 I yeah. yeah i think i remember being very jealous of the link that I couldn't have Link. Yeah. I was really upset. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think that's... Oh, that's probably what's going on, right? There are so many different versions that I'm, that I'm getting confused yeah. in my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. The, I mean, we, we were looking at this earlier and I, when I was uh, kind of scouring the internet and Wikipedia, as I generally do, because it's just an easy source of information. Um, apparently, the PS2 version originally was meant to have Cloud from Final Fantasy VII as the oh. um, exclusive character, but the deal fell through, so that we got Hihachi instead. Um, mm-hmm. That would have been pretty awesome. Cloud in Soul Calibur would have mm. been with, with the Buster Sword. I mean, come uh-huh. on, that would have oh, been great. I would have loved it. Yeah, but there we go. Um, but you, you enjoyed the game overall? I mean, did you play the first game as well? Comparatively, I did, yeah. Like, uh, well, comparatively? I played... I played um, yeah, and again, I'm, I, I, it's funny. Has it been that long? I guess my brain maybe is mashing everything all together. You know, there there are certain games that I got. I'm not a, I'm not a huge uh, fighter fan. I think I, I mentioned before I'm a more of an RPG guy. But I would get games mm-hmm. like that so my friends could come over and we could and we could play. Um, so yeah, I ended up playing uh, one and two, and I think that's it. I think I only played just the first mm-hmm. two games. 
Well, anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of people dropped off after that because 3 was like PS2 exclusive or something, I think, and then mm-hmm. uh, right. it, it all went a bit weird. Um, but yes, uh, Steve... Mm. What are your thoughts on so, Soul Calibur 2? I mean, I, I definitely played Soul Calibur 2 and I definitely loved Soul Calibur 2, but I kind of struggle with these games because they... And it, it sounds like an insult, but they kind of blend together a bit in my head. So mm. it, it, in terms of like picking out specific parts of Soul Calibur 2, I might struggle. Um, but, you know, I played the fuck out of the first one. I played the fuck out of the sec- second one. I, pff, that's mm. as much as I've got to say. <laughs> They're just very, they're just playable games. They're just, aren't they? they're yeah, they're just really, pick up you know, they 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 didn't change too much from one to mm-hmm. two. They changed just enough that I loved it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I I would struggle to pick out specific things about two that I loved. Mm. I remember thinking Hey Hachi was cool. A lot of people were disappointed that it was Hey Hachi um, in the PS2 version. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I enjoyed it. Mm. It was interesting that they did that as well. They had different characters for the different consoles because it's. I, I don't think they'd really there'd really been much that many games that had done that before, where they kind of gave you something mm-hmm. exclusive for depending on the console that you were playing on. So, I mean, the the idea of of um, cross console stuff, is you know that when you played games like for the Dreamcast or the SNES or the the Mega Drive, you were, you were generally wanting to play the games that were exclusive to those consoles back in the day. That's that's kind of what I thought mostly at the time you know you you picked up a, a mega drive and you wanted to play sonic or you picked up you know a, a super nintendo and you wanted to play mario or whatever so the idea that suddenly you had like three consoles that all had the same game um and how do you differentiate that it was quite yeah. a smart idea to do that i guess and it's not something you see people do these days at all so apart from like you get the odd, odd occasional like exclusive dlc or something when you pre-order but yeah definitely interesting Speaking of, that begs the question who would we have got in the dreamcast version if the dreamcast was still around ah uh, yeah or who Hasuki. would you want it in the dreamcast version <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. of course of course yeah landy is pretty cool landy yeah well yeah you could have you could have mm-hmm. both that would have been interesting um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but then what would they should I'm, just I'm be just thinking it, that'd be great if there was a shinmu uh fighting game you could just choose chai well, yeah. you could do uh uh, Landy, you could do, uh, yeah, Guizan. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see mm-hmm. all those characters just just battle each other in an arena style. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking now. For, I'm, I'm, in my head now, I'm just thinking what would um, Rio's, um, you know, when when people win in in like Soul Calibur or something, they have like a a kicky like little snippet that they say at the end, like I, you know, I always win or something like that. I've no idea what Rio would say in that circumstance if he would want to yeah. want to fight in well, Soul Calibur. I th- I think right at the beginning, you know, before the battle begins, he would say something like, let's get sweaty. Right? <laughs> and at the end, he would say, um, hmm, I don't know. Um, I, what, what do you guys think? I will avenge my father? I don't know. What, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> like, he's, he's super chill, right? I mean, Soul Calibur games, That's all nice. the characters there are, like, super high drama. I feel like he would stand out as being kind of chill, like, because he's generally a kind right. of chill guy, isn't he? Yeah. D- just in general, for, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's all this craziness happening him, happening around him all the time, and there's, like, super hot chicks everywhere, and he is just zen, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just... He just cracks open a jet cola after the fight. It'd be perfect. That's true. Mm. Ah, good. <laughs> perfect. We found it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so uh, we definitely need a Dreamcast version of this with Ryo Hozuki now. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody's got to make that happen. Um, but what are we saying for Soul Calibur 2 then? 
um, I have gone around. I feel like I haven't gone around everybody. I've gone around everybody, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good. I think. Yeah. Um, are we saying game changer, uh, Rich? Are we saying game changer? <laughs> Seems weird to say game changer. I will say very, very strong game. Okay. I haven't played it, but it's a great series. Okay, cool. Uh, one game. <laughs> um, Corey, what are we saying? Yeah, I think you know it's funny because uh, uh, what we were saying about it, or even the, the the way that we were kind of just struggling to talk about it, we're talking about how all these games sort of melt into our brain, mm-hmm. and it's all mm-hmm. just yeah. one game. But no, I still I still think I have to say Game Changer because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a great series. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's I just have to say that I think. Fair enough, um, Steve. What about you? Um, yeah, I. I'm kind of I'm kind of inclined to agree with all of that, really. I think. Oh, so game changer. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know what I? I don't know. The first game was a game changer for me, and I don't think that the second one changed enough for me to say that it was a game changer. So I probably would be in the same mind as as Rich and say it's a very solid game. Um, mm. So that's what I would say. So we're, again, we're split down the middle, but you know that's that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, so we've got a few more games to talk about. Um, the next one probably won't talk about that for that long because I'm not sure how many of us have played this. Um, but this is um, an RTS game for the PC, uh, released on 23rd of May, and that is Rise of Nations. Corey, have you played this one? Um, I am not a PC gamer. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so be a no. <laughs> yeah, that's a no. That's a no. Sorry. I'm going to come to the next person who I'm pretty sure also hasn't played this. Uh, Rich? I absolutely despise RTS games. Ooh, um, words. I, I mean, I loved Tim Curry having it up in Command & Conquer, but other than that, mm, no, no thanks. Sorry. Okay, all right. Um, that's two out. Uh, Steve? Have you oh, played this game? Uh, yeah, I, I have. Uh, I don't know how much I can really help help you with this one though. Um, I've got vague memories of it. I, 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 is this is this the game where um, you can sort of outpace the enemies in terms of like technological tech, tech technological advancement, and you yeah, could like yeah. you could bomb some Roman hoplites with a stealth bomber kind of yes. thing. Yes, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, I must play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. I, I, I remember thinking this game was pretty rad at the time, but I, I, I yeah. don't remember a great deal about it. I, I feel like um, me and you and possibly another one of our friends played this multiplayer at some I point. I think we I did. I feel yeah. like we did. I think you're right. But it's, it's one of those, it was it was made by the uh, lead designer, not the lead designer, but one of the designers from Civilization 2 and Alpha Centauri. So it has that proper Civilization-like vibe to it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like we were saying about the different... Uh, periods of time um but it's kind of like a civilization mixed maybe with a little bit of age of empires ish kind of yeah stuff. yeah um so and the way you're describing it is kind of like how the united states likes to offer uh, likes to operate <laughs> you know yeah. they find some <laughs> yeah. some like people herding goats out in the middle of nowhere and then just drop a bomb on them from you know space or something mm-hmm. that's pretty much yeah. what we mm-hmm. like shock shock and all yeah yeah, sh- shock and all. Um, that is that. That is the game. I-, I feel like with that description, we should automatically say this is shit. But to be, <laughs> to be honest, it's I, I don't know. I I really enjoyed this game. I think it was it was one of those. Um, this it looked great. It was a really good looking game. Like it it wasn't like a graphical powerhouse or anything, but it looked really nice um, on the PC and it had that multiplayer aspect to it where you know you got to play against your friends and try to outpace them like you say try to 
uh, get ahead of them technologically to win. Um, and I think there was definitely fun in that. It, it was it was Civilization light, and Civilization yeah. is a very difficult game to get into. Um, it's very hardcore. So having something that was kind of a little bit easier to get into was kind of nice. So I, I enjoyed it for sure. Um, but let's just call it shit and move on. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll be serious, uh, Steve. What would you What would you say? I, I, it's a it's a it's a comfortable game. A comfortable game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Rich, are you going to do your usual and not shit on it, even though you've not played it? I won't shit on it. It is a game. It's just a game. It exists. That's about it, it all I can say. It does <laughs> yeah. exist. It for sure exists. Um, Corey, it what about you? Sounds like it sounds like a game. Sounds like a game to me. It does. It does. I yeah, think, from your I description, you're just talking about. So it's it, it's not civilization. Civilization light, right? So yeah but 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 gameplay might be easier for those who are kind of getting into that sort of thing so yeah i'll call it yeah. a game yeah 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 and it got like a nice hd remaster over the last few years so you can still play it now which is always nice for like old pc games are so difficult to play like if you hmm. take a game from 2003 and try and play it now hmm. yeah very tough so it's nice that you've got that possibility so if you're listening to this and you really want to play rise of nations you can um after that great uh, that great talk that we did, <laughs> sure you're going to want to play it. Um, all right, the next game then, moving swiftly on, um, is one we've kind of mentioned before, I think actually. Um, it is um, Max Payne 2: The Fall of Max Payne, the mm. released on the 24th of October on PC, 5th of December on Xbox and PS2. Um, Steve, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Yes. Um, yes. Um, we've talked about this slightly before. We have because we, we have talked about Max Payne, the original we did. game. Yeah what what was this game compared to that did it improve anything was it a better game than max Payne? uh it was a better game than max Payne one um after the success of max Payne one you could tell that they had a bunch of confidence and a bunch of money and they stuck it all into this one um and it's great it still has the same kind of pulpy noir storyline but um the the comic book type presentation returns but they're sort of much higher quality and the sound design is really good there's a lot of really good sound effects and voice acting um the same chap that voiced max Payne in the first one whose name i have completely forgotten now that i have to remember it uh, returns and he's brilliant i really wish i could remember his name um mccaffrey something, something mccaffrey anyway uh yeah and he hams it up and and delivers um the crazy dialogue Gameplay-wise as well, much improved. The main difference between 1 and 2 is the accuracy difference. So Max mm -hmm. Payne 1 was kind of um, scattershot and kind of uh, chaotic, whereas Ma 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 Max Payne 2 still has an element of chaos to the gunfights, but if, if, if you really think about it, you can, you can hit guys right between the eyes with your pistol, and you can, you can pull off some really cool stuff. Um, while uh, while diving through the air and rolling and jumping and all that all that good stuff, uh, they also added uh, something that at the time they called uh, uh, Bullet Time 2.0, which is you set off Bullet Time, uh, and then every person you kill, it slows down time more and more, but Max mm. Payne stays at the same speed. So if you've got like a corridor full of guys, before you get to the end of the corridor, you're running super fast relative to them. And all of the bodies behind you are still sort of suspended in the air. They haven't hit the floor yet after you've shot them. And it's fucking rad as hell. Hmm. <laughs> Does sound good. Um, I say sound good. I've played this. It was good. Um, Corey, <laughs> <laughs> have you yeah, played this one? Somehow I have missed the Max Payne series. I haven't played mm. 
any of it. I, I'm, I have seen the video uh, because yeah, people talk about it and they love it, and I've I've watched the video online and all that kind of stuff, and it looks like a game I'd be into. Um, mm -hmm. So, but somehow I've missed it. You know, I mean, you guys were talking about Bullet Time. I remember when they were doing that in the Matrix games, which mm -hmm. were great. Uh, so I, I do love that feature as well. Uh, Bullet Time 2.0 sounds pretty interesting. Uh, somehow I missed it. Uh, and I, I'm ashamed. Yeah. I'm going to have to go find it now. I'm going to go to a retro game store. And... Definitely. It's definitely worth a pickup. Um, you mentioned the Matrix games there. The Enter the Matrix was out this year as well, which also did Bullet Time. Did you did you play that one as well, Steve? It's kind of uh, know. Yeah, I did. I went to see the film uh, in the cinema and then rented that from Blockbuster on the way home. Wow. Uh, so does nice. it compare well to uh, in terms of Bullet Time? Does it compare no. well to Max Payne or? No, <laughs> the game was all right. The game was fun enough, but um, like no yeah. game has ever done Bullet, bullet Time as well as Ma as uh, as the Max Payne games did. Fair, fair enough. Um, Rick. So does he tap I, tap into the speed force there with uh, once once you start once you start nailing guys, he just kind of like gets more powerful and yeah, pretty much. And the screen the screen kind of like like the color kind of washes out of the screen. It becomes a bit sepia toned uh, as you just get a bloodlust, I guess. Um, wow! And everything just slows oh, down okay. more and more. That that happens to me in traffic, actually. <laughs> huh? Everything yeah. slows down. Like blood leaves my 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 head and face, and I get tunnel vision, and I just I uh -huh. floor it, and I don't even know some. I I kind of black out, and I'm at my destination. It's pretty great. And all the <laughs> okay. all the corpses of the other drivers are still suspended behind you in the air. Exactly. <laughs> when I get there, there's like people flying. And I kind of walk through the door, and then they hit the ground. It's great. Cool, cool. Still on the drive home, <laughs> <laughs> and then I see what happened. Yeah, on the on the drive home, I'm like, oh wow, what? Oh, oh, what? Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> We're learning so much about you today, Corey. Um, <laughs> you're basically a Sith, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have horrible. That's why I rage. do. Yeah, I do Hazuki so well because he's like my opposite. I kind of, you know. I, I I kind of play to that. You know how uh, people who are really nice can play great bad guys just because they're they're tapping mm -hmm. into that side that doesn't that that they that they never get to put to the outside. It's all internal. It's 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 for me. It's the same way. You know, it's like I'm I'm a Sith on the outside, but really that that's why I'm so good at playing a chill guy because I'm like okay, just find that inner peace that <laughs> <laughs> that that I never get to put out uh, in real life. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, if you if you lived in LA traffic, you you'd know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that I, I I've heard of it. It sounds like something I'd never want to experience. But I can't drive, so if I did experience it, something would be going horribly wrong. Um, so plus, it's right. only the 10th of May, and it's already like 32 degrees Celsius really? out here. You know, so it's like summer hasn't even started yet. Yikes. We only we only know that summer starts when the fires start rolling and uh, most of wow. California is on fire and then there's too much traffic and you can't breathe and mm -hmm. Max Payne bullet time kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rich, moving on to you briefly. I, I, mm -hmm. I know you've played the first one. Did you play? Did you play the second Max Payne? I feel like I've played some of number two, but my only memories of the first game, so I'm not oh. sure if they were just kind of blending together. Nothing jumps out to me other than what I remember from the first game, but it was so unique at the time. Yeah, interesting. So I won't really have a lot to offer, but I do feel like I played it. Okay, 
and I'm convinced. You're convinced. It's not like a dream that you played it. You, you definitely think it you have. It could be. Okay. It's a very far-fetched dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's only when I wake up in the morning that I feel like I've played it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, not much to offer, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. But that's fair enough. Um, I mean, we do have a couple more games to cover, so we'll we'll move swiftly on. But before we do, is it a game changer or is it just a game? Are we thinking. I mean, uh, for me. I mean, I I loved it. I, I I would struggle to to justify calling it a game changer. Okay, but it did what right, it did so, very very well. Okay, so a a good game. A then. good game, yeah, yeah. Corey, well, just for the bullet time description alone, I'll call it a good game, a solid game. Cool. Um, Rich, your your dreams of playing it does it does it kind of make <laughs> it a game changer or a game? <laughs> a fantastic dream. Um, <laughs> I think I can concur on that due to the uh, bullet time 2.0 sounds awesome so again I might have to give it a go cool yeah I will agree we have a very solid game in Max Payne 2 um so I'm going to move on to a game that I feel like I might be the only person who's played this because whenever I bring it up I feel like I'm the only person who's ever heard of it um this game is um PN03 for the GameCube which came out on the 29th of August um it was a Capcom game that was kind of part of their GameCube you know, they, they brought out Resident Evil 4 and they brought out a bunch of other games to the GameCube and this was one of them. Um, has anybody else heard of this or is it literally just me? I mean, I mean I've mean, i definitely heard of it because I'm friends with you. Uh, this is a very... <laughs> this is a, this, this is a very Andrew game. Up, he's heard it. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah, there you go. But uh, way back in 2003, I remember you saying, come around my house, let's play this game. It's called Piano 3. And then you loaded it up and I watched it for a few minutes and I would go, Andrew's back on his bullshit again. This is a very Andrew game. I don't care about this at all. Just remind me, it's like, it's got a really like, I don't know, it's it's like dance music involved in this game, right? Yeah, so it's like like an action game. It's got a really minimalist aesthetic and you're like this, uh, basically like, almost like a bounty hunter for robots and you go into this like facility that's nearly all white fighting like white robots but the the fighting mechanics is that you've got like you say this this kind of dance music mm. in the background and in order to pull off the moves you have to do it in time with the music almost you that's have to right do it, like kind yeah. of synchronized and so she's got like guns as so kind of bayonetta-esque in a way because i think she had guns on her on her shoes as well um she'd be doing like cartwheels and stuff and like firing bullets at these robots um, it was just incredibly stylish. Like the most, one of the most stylish games I'd seen up to that point. It was really brave to basically nearly all be white. It was like just nearly everything was white in that game. She had a white costume on. The robots were white. The the, the backgrounds were white. It was just super minimalist. Um, and and it was super cool as well. It was a, a so it's like a Trump thing. rally. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, probably mean a different kind of white to that, but yeah, sure, sure, we'll go with that. Um, oh, okay. Everybody okay. wears MAGA hats, you know. Um, so, uh, no, it's, it's definitely <laughs> n- uh, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, she had she had guns, you said. So it's kind of there she are more. Just, yeah, yeah, you're saying yeah. guns on her feet, guns like everywhere, and there was it was all white. It was all white everywhere. She just wants a haircut. <laughs> It's her right, damn it. You know, she can have as many guns as she wants. Um, so, <laughs> moving on to that. I, <laughs> has anybody else heard of this? Rich, have you heard of this game at all? Uh, no. No, I, I, I think I got this mixed up with something else. I think it was Killer7, which I think uh, actually yeah. are to be very different games. Mm-hmm. But they are, yes. no, this one just totally slipped me by. Okay. 
uh, Corey, from from what you've said so far, it doesn't sound like you've heard of this game. Um, well, uh, because I know you, I've heard of it now. Um, kind of like True. everybody else uh, probably listening to this as well. So. <laughs> I swear I didn't make it up. It is a real game. <laughs> it's not just my imaginings. <laughs> it's uh, I, I, I enjoyed it, and that's basically all we can say on it, because nobody else has played it and can't input anything. Mm. Um, it was a fun game. Um, okay. And obviously, Steve, probably not your cup of tea if nah. you only kind of saw it for two minutes and decided it was bullshit um what are we saying are we gonna are we just gonna call it a solid or not a solid game we're just gonna call it a game or are we all gonna shit on it because we haven't heard of it well because oh. it reminds me so much of a trump rally i'm gonna have to call it a shit game so it's a shit so it's wow just shit, <laughs> wow one of them had to be it i guess um you know it's it, it's a game that means a lot to me Corey, but that's fine um steve <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I having been Sorry. the only the, the only person who's seen this game being played, I'm the only person who can legitimately say it's shit. So I'm going to take the opportunity to say it's shit. <laughs> oh. Mm. Okay. 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 Uh, Rich. Rich. Are <laughs> oh, you, are I, you I hear the the change in the voice there. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't say shit. Um. Yeah, it's shit. Well. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Sorry, Andrew. I can't <laughs> agree with your uh, your political views. On that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, right. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to move swiftly away from this now. Well, Thanks okay, for that. So we found we found out some stuff about me, but we were also finding stuff about about Andrew mm. today too. So. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the last game that I have on my list. Um, I think more people have played this one. I hope uh, this one is a game that released on a, a huge amount of consoles. Actually, um, I'm going to run through them. It released on Game Boy Advance on the 21st of November, PS2 on the 5th of December, PC. Um, as well i didn't get date for that for some reason um and in 2004 it came out on xbox and gamecube and that is prince of persia the sands oh, of time yes. um i was shocked that it came out on the game boy advance even more shocked that it came out on the game boy advance before any other console um oh. rich i'll come to you first um have you played this game i did not know i skipped this one i did play warrior within though because that was during my new metal phase and that was very angsty and i like the godsmack song so <laughs> Fair enough. Nice. <laughs> I never played never played a sense of time, I'm afraid, sorry. Okay. Okay. Um I guess you get the gist because you played the, the sequel, so you kind of know what it's about ish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm I'll move on. <laughs> I said I said I liked the game, I didn't play a great deal of Warrior with Fair him, enough. but I know I had more fonder memories of the old uh, side scrolling ones because I just love the animation oh, yeah. in this. Yeah. Mm, true. yeah, beautiful, beautiful games. Um, all right, um, Steve. Yeah, I played this. Um, I too was a fan of the original game. I used to play it on my brother's ZX Spectrum way back when. That wow. game was incredibly brutal. Um, you could die in an instant if you set one foot in the wrong direction. And what I liked about Sands of Time was they kind of brought that back. There are parts in Sands of Time that you can die very, very quickly. It's a very acrobatic game, and you can fall down pits Mm -hmm. and fall onto spikes, and you can die very suddenly. But it's less frustrating because you've got the Sands of Time, which allow you to rewind time and fix your mistake, uh, which was uh, awesome and pretty, pretty unique. I don't think I'd played a game where you could do that before. Um, mm-hmm. And every time you rewound time as well, the main character would sort of go, no, 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 that didn't happen that way. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of a, a cool storytelling kind of pre- 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 uh, pre- presentation. 
the acrobatics also uh, in the combat as well. I liked jumping over guys and slashing them while I was upside down over their heads. That was pretty mm. awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I remember thinking this game was really cool. Mm. Okay. Uh, Corey, what about yourself? You know, um, I remember it being a game I, was, I really wanted to play, and I, I didn't get a chance to play it, and it makes me sad. Oh, I'm gonna have to hit my my retro games. You know, I gotta do more. Uh, I, I gotta do more uh, interviews with you guys because now it's making <laughs> me want to go back and play some of these games that. Because I remember Prince of Persia and I remember the uh, the Sands of Time and I was thinking like, yeah, don't we all want that? Like when you say something really dumb and you're just like, mm, I just want to bring that back just a couple of seconds. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, know that feeling uh, well. So yeah, it's just one of those things. And I remember watching the gameplay too, and being like, "Oh yeah, that looks that looks awesome. That looks amazing." Um, but somehow I didn't get a chance to play it. I do remember the game, um, seeing the game played and wanting to play it though. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it sounds like so we've given you some games to get. So you're going to get Prince of Persia now. You're going to get Max Payne. Mm-hmm. You're going to get Piano Three, right? Piano Three. Yeah. Um. Uh. Should I? Uh, <laughs> Awkward silence. Uh, no. <laughs> it comes with a free red cap. That's just what I say. I get it every day on the television anyway, so it's kind of like it's it's being pumped through my newscast all day every day. So I'm kind of living it in. Anyway, oh, oh, this game just is not getting a fair shake. Um, any listeners out there, if you enjoyed Piano Three, please just take to the internet and tell Corey how great it is. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Um, Prince it's about thirty three of the thirty three percent of the United States is like that. So, <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Sands of Time. Then I mean, Steve. You, I mean, you mentioned it's it, very unique in terms of its um, what it brought the gameplay wise. I mean, the like you say, the rewind function. I don't think was something that we re- had really seen before. And on top of that, the kind of a- a- acrobatic combat as well. It's something that then we got picked. We kind of got picked up in things like the Batman Arkham City games. They had that yeah. kind of acrobatic mm. combat game, so cool. it, it brought things to the table that then games took on and, and kind of ran with later mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So, bearing that in mind, would we say this is potentially a game changer then, Steve? I'd say there's definitely an argument for it. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna enthusiastically call it a game changer, but I think yeah, like at the bottom end of game changer, sure. Okay, okay, sure. Um, Rich, what about yourself? I mean, yeah, having not played it, but I can actually side with Steve and say the same because seeing how combat systems and a lot of third-person games have borrowed from it now, mm. with like you said, the Arkham games, the Spider-Man games that came along. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, I don't remember the last time I played a um, third-person game that doesn't have that kind of system in place. So yeah, game changer, light, light game changer, light game changer. Okay, mm. um, I, I feel like we're we'll this light heavy kind of game changer <laughs> thing we've got going. Um, Corey, what about you? Yeah, what I think yeah, I'll echo that as well um, because I remember okay. seeing that and seeing where games are today, and just for the uh, the superpower that I wanted, uh, the, even that I still want to this day, just just to be able to turn the sands of time back just a little bit sometimes when you just mm-hmm. oh man well this be that'd be a, a good superpower just to have it's light you know you don't it's not like you're you can move mountains or anything but man is it would just be convenient to have 
I'll, I'll well, call it a light sure. game changer. <laughs> next time next time you say something to someone that you regret, you could just try going, no, 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 that didn't happen that way. And then just see if it works. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I could, I could, you know, there's also the, uh, these aren't the droids you're looking for, but I've, I've tried yeah. that several times and that hasn't worked. So maybe I will try the Sands of Time. We'll see if that works next time. Throw some bullet time 2.0 in there. You just, yes! just try them all at once. <laughs> video which we should throw we should throw together a, a, a compilation of uh, video game superpowers that are not you know that are not the typical superpowers we'll, we'll throw them all in the one mm. character see what happens we'll, we'll throw some uh, yes. bullet time 2.0 mm. and we'll throw some sands of time in there we'll, we'll kind of we'll, and we'll build we'll build a character that's not you know not the obvious Superman type character but somebody who's just gonna be badass because they have all these great uh, uh, video game superpowers that that we all wish we had. Yeah, that would be cool. I do feel that person would be a dick though, because who would not want to just like use them all for the for the wrong reasons? You know, like just removing bullets from the bodies of the victims and then reinserting them. Right. See, Rich, where did that true. come from? You could, you, you could use the bullet, <laughs> use the bullet time, get satisfaction, wreck your enemies, and then rewind time and be like. Mm. <laughs> I don't have to go to jail, and I feel better. <laughs> go. <laughs> well, wait, yeah. yeah, that would be great. That would be pretty awesome, actually. Yes, okay. I, I'm, I'm on board. I am fully on board with this. Right, let's do it. Um, so um, before we move on to the, um, the the quiz that we do every time, um, I'm just going to go around and ask if, if there were any games that I didn't mention that anybody wanted to bring up. Um, Corey, I'll start with you. Were there any games mm. from this time that I didn't mention that, that were kind of important or that you remember well? Well, we did bring up, I think, the big one for me, which was uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So mm. no, I think uh, that I'm glad you brought that up because that was a good one for me. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Rich, what about you? Is there any that I missed out? A um, couple for me, actually. I mean, it's not just a game, but it's also an accessory, and that was the uh, eye toy on the PlayStation 2, mm. which obviously was a bit of a precursor to the likes of uh, the Kinect and the Wii. Sure. Um, yeah, I just thought that was fantastic. Um, essentially, yeah, just a Logitech camera connected by USB, had a series of motion-controlled games. Um I just thought that was absolutely bonkers, and that was some really cool innovation on Sony's part at the time. Something you'd expect from like, well, like yeah, there's, there was a Sega iToy game, and they used like Sega yes. characters and yes. stuff. Yeah, now you mentioned it. I forgot about that. Mm. Awesome, but yeah, I just thought it was a very kind of Nintendo kind of thing, but from Sony. Yeah. Um, the little camera was cute as well. It looked like a little tiny PS2. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was just very novel, and I can't I can't remember if there was like a follow up to it, but. Mm. That was great. Um, only other one for me is um, Def Jam Bandetta, which was a wrestling game from EA. Um, but it was actually purely, um, you actually controlled rappers, mm-hmm. which was something I wasn't really into at the time. I was more of a new metal guy, didn't really listen to hip-hop. But you had the likes of like DMX in there and Ghostface Killer and Redman. Um, it was actually a really fantastic wrestling game. Um Developed by um, Aki, who did like No Mercy and uh, was the um, the early WCW games for like THQ. It's really robust, very very addictive um, engine, and it's the developer that isn't actually around anymore. But mm. they made the best wrestling games of the time, and even though it had rest, um, had rappers in it, it was better than the other games on the market, better than the WWF ones. It was just it was an absolutely fantastic game. 
awesome game. Wow, cool. Um, all right, Steve, what about you? Any others? Uh, yeah, so a couple, couple of things. Uh, Jack 2 came out this year, which is a sequel to Jack and Daxter. Um, it started mm-hmm. a grand tradition of, of, uh, of games having Grand Theft Auto elements in them just because Grand Theft Auto sold well. Um, but they did it really well in this game, though. Um, it was sort of set in a uh, sci-fi kind of steampunky sci-fi kind of city, and you could steal uh, hover bikes and stuff off people. And it was a Naughty Dog game, so it had all the excellent uh, animation and and, and cutscene mm. in there, uh, 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 and voice acting and stuff. Like all of the cutscenes felt at the time. I mean, you look at it now, it doesn't look so good, but at the time, it felt like you were watching a Pixar film. It was sort of handcrafted, hand animated. All the characters were really, uh, really. They had really good expressions. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good. Another game that is very close to my heart is called Freedom Fighters, which is by IO Interactive. It's by the same people that did Hitman, and it was on the Hitman mm-hmm. engine, which was enough to get me excited about it. Um, it's a game where the United States gets invaded by Russia, and you basically you play uh, a plumber, actually, um, who sort of <laughs> leads a resistance against the Soviet invasion. And it had a fantastic soundtrack by Jesper Kidd, who also did the soundtrack for the Hitman games back then. But the soundtrack is incredible, and it's like a big part of the reason why I love that game so much. Uh, and then I think it's worth mentioning that Steam officially became a thing in 2003. Oh, and in terms of in terms of sort of digital distribution on PC, Steam is it, and Steam started mm. it really. Uh, and count, uh, Counter Strike came out re- retail uh, on Steam in 2003. So that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. There's a big deal, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you say, it's. I mean, there's competitors to it, sure, but nobody has kind of no. overtaken Steam in terms yeah. of PC digital distribution. Um, but unfortunately, it has taken Valve's eye away from games. Is the only downside to that, yeah. and we we haven't got like Left for Dead Three or that is true. And all the things yeah. that they should really be doing. But yeah, there we go. Um, all right. Well, before we finish up, um, it's time to pitch uh, guest against Rich. In our regular game, um, the rules are simple. You'll each be given the name of a game, and all you have to do is tell me if you think it released in 2003 or 2013. Uh, You'll each get three games, and the person who gets the most correct wins. I do have a tiebreaker if it comes to that. Um, Steve left Rich in a precarious position after the last episode Mm -hmm. uh, when he lost against the guests, meaning that now Rich has won three games, and the guests have also won three. Uh, So can Rich claw it back? Or will the guests take the lead? Let's find out. Um, are we ready for this? Are we ready to I go? was born um, ready. Born and ready. if I mess Great, up, I love it. And if I mess up, I'll just use my stance of time and I'll. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <we're laughs> I'll allow it. Um, Steve, um, obviously you can you can play too. Sure. Um, I feel like this is bad because we we always leave Steve out. Ah, um, that's fine. I've got something for you at the end, though, Steve. I've got something. Okay. Should I be worried about that? Um, y- y- maybe. Um, so let's start. Rich, I'm going to come to you first. Mm-hmm. Uh, your first game, 2003 or 2013, Atelier Meruru plus The Alchemist of Armand 3. 2003 or 2013? Um, I'm going to say 2013. Okay, Steve, would you have said the same? Or would I ain't you have got chosen a fucking differently? clue what that is. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Rich, 
you are correct. That is 2013 for the PlayStation Vita. Yeah, I figured because it was part three of the game, right? 13. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might give it away. Uh, Corey, you're next. Uh, mm-hmm. Your game is Alter Echo. Alter Echo. Oh, three. 2003, you're saying? Yeah. Uh, Steve, would you, what would you say? I think he's right on that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. 2003 yeah. on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. There you go. One all. One all. Next one. Next one. Rich. Let's see if you get this one. Um, it is The Hobbit. I think that was... Um... So I'm sure there was one that wasn't actually tied into the films that came later. I'm sure there was one in 2003. Is that what you're I'm going positive. for? I'm positive. I'm positive, yeah. I think there was one of the ones that was basically didn't have the movie license, but they made their own like, little game. Okay. I'm positive. Uh, Steve, what would you have said? Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, I think he's right on that as well. I, 2003, it feels a little bit early, but 2003 is definitely... Uh, 2013 is way too late. So yeah, I'd go with 03. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, 2013 was actually the year that The Desolation of Smaug came out. Um, but this game did come out in 2003. Uh, game Boy Advance, GameCube, PS2, Xbox, and PC. They went all out. Um, yeah, so it was you correct, uh, Rich. It was uh, one that was not, not connected to the films anyway. Um, Corey, mm-hmm. your next game is Rugby Challenge 2. <laughs> Uh, oh. Andrew, you're a dick. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at least I know what rugby is, right? I mean, okay, you know, it's a good start. Two games. Um, what year are you uh, thinking? I'm gonna say oh three. Two thousand and uh, two thousand and three. Uh, Steve, what would you have gone for? Um, yeah, I'll go with three as well. Okay. Um. You'd both be wrong. Oh, oh no. it was 2013. Oh, Sands of Xbox time. Here we go. <laughs> Sands of time. No, no, no. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't go like that. <laughs> All right, uh, Rich. If you get this one right, you have one. So uh, let's see if you do. Um, Rich, your <laughs> final game is Black and Bruised. I've heard of that game. Um... We'll say 2013. You're saying 2013. Sounds familiar, but I can't remember anything about it. Fair, fair. Steve, what would you have said? Um, that title makes me uncomfortable. Um, mm. But uh, 2013, I guess. It's a slightly uncomfortable title, um, which makes it kind of make sense that it was actually 2003, not 2013, a <laughs> bit further back. Uh, GameCube and PS2, it was a fighting game. Uh, black okay. and blue, black and bruised. Yeah. That's what we're going for. Um, so that means that Rich, you no, don't, you're not necessarily won. Corey, if you get this one right, you have won. Ah. So your final one is Cities in Motion Two. Cities I... in Motion Two. Yeah, I don't know this one. Okay. Do you want to hazard a guess? Uh, Cities in Motion 2. You know, oh, man, I don't know. I'm going to go with uh, older again. I'm going to go with 03. Okay. 
Steve, what would you go for? I, uh, I I don't know a lot about these games, but I'm I'm worried that Corey might have just lost his chance to win there. I think it was thirteen. Hmm. You'd be right. It was in fact two thousand and thirteen for the PC. So that uh. means you're both tied at the moment at two. Okay. Um, which means we do have the tiebreaker. Um, well, so... I do. I do want to make it interesting. I do want to. Okay. I, I want to get some heart pump. Some heart uh, pumping action. Yeah. You know, on edge Let's of your get seat. sweaty. Yeah. Let's get sweaty. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the tiebreaker, and um, just to make sure that we have a definitive winner, it's the first person who shouts out the correct year, um, <laughs> and the oh, the uh, the tiebreaker question, uh, the tiebreaker game is Jazz Jackrabbit. Two thousand three. Oh three. Oh, Rich was just there first. <laughs> Yes, it's 2003. Was uh, that game that recent? I played that on the PC back in like the 90s. What well, hell? this no. was, I don't know, this is the Game Boy Advance version, so perhaps you may uh, have played it on the PC earlier. But yes, so 2003, yeah. wow. which means Rich wins um, oh, and nice. uh, brings it back. So it's four to Rich <laughs> and three to the guest. Sorry, Corey. Marvellous. That's um, okay. We, we, could, we, could, we could do the whole rewinding time thing, but well, uh, I do feel it. I, you guys invited me. I figured it would be rude if I just won. So, yes. <laughs> you that rich win is what you're saying. So, yeah, sure. Thanks, so noble. So noble. Uh, very noble indeed. Um, Steve, I haven't forgotten about you. Okay. Um, after what happened last episode, I figured that you needed a way to redeem yourself. Um, so from this episode until we hit 2008 in the podcast, um, you'll get your very own question at the end of the quiz. Um, if you can get at least three right over six episodes, um, you will have redeemed yourself. And I'll also think of some kind of prize to give you, okay. the same as I'm doing with okay. Rich. Um, so just one question, 50-50 mm-hmm. shot. Are you ready? Yeah. WWE Crush Hour. WWE Crush Hour is the car. Is that is that is, is that the car combat wrestling game that's like twi- like twisted metal, but wrestling? I'm looking at Rich and he's giving me nothing. Uh, I th- <laughs> Am I supposed to? I don't know. I th- I don't. Oh shit! See that could that could be 2003, but it could also maybe have been like a, a like a like a Xbox 360 arcade game. Maybe uh, mm. I'm gonna go 2003. Steve, mm-hmm. WWE Crush Hour, released on the PS2 and GameCube in 2003. Oh my god! Ah, oh, nice. You got it. You got Redemption. it. Well, you I, go. I, so you've got. Uh, am I redeemed now, or I've I've got to get three right? Oh no, we're not redeeming you now. Okay, no, no, fine. you need to get at least three right over the next six episodes. Oh. You know, I'm not I'm not letting you off that easy. Uh, so. It's kind of like Shenmue, you know. You get to the yeah. end, you see Landi, and he flies away in a helicopter. You gotta, you gotta go again. <laughs> oh, exactly. You haven't China revenged now. your father just yet. So. <laughs> no. Someday, someday. Um, so that kind of brings us to the end. Then, um, thank you so much, Corey, for coming on and chatting to us. It's been a blast um, to have you on. Um, Thanks, Corey. So yeah, thank you very much. Wow, fellas, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so we usually go around, and um, where can where can people find you online if they want to kind of come and say hi? Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I am on uh, Facebook, which is easy to find me, but, like, uh, Twitter as well, at Corey VO Pro. 
Um, but don't follow me. So anybody who is interested in thinking that I'm talking about video games or something like that, I don't. You know, it's my personal <laughs> account. I talk about whatever I want, and it mostly annoys people. So don't follow me. But if if you're if you're interested in being you know angry at me for you know whatever, you can follow me at CoreyMarshallVOPro.com. Awesome, and we'll be seeing you talking about you know Max Payne two and stuff soon. I'm sure. I know that's true. So maybe I will. I'll I'll, I'll talk more about video games so people could sure. people would like me more. So. <laughs> awesome, um, Rich. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at Dreamcast Barber, also on uh, at Three Pricks Pod, yes. our F1 podcast, and also occasionally uh, at the Switch Island. Yeah, every now and again. Um, yeah. Uh, Steve, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter, at Steve Jack, and I'm also very occasionally found on the Switch Island. Excellent. And you can find me at Oddment84 on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Dreamcast Years. Um, and, of course, uh, I'm also on all of the things that they've mentioned because I just happen to just do lots of podcasts because I like <laughs> it. Um, and, uh, and as you may have seen on Twitter, um, I've just announced that Dreamcast Year 2, the book, is going to be coming out very soon and be on Kickstarter in yeah. July. Um, yeah. So if we figured out if you guys are the three pricks, then uh, we figured out what I am yet. <laughs> do you know Wait, what? You, you a lost a quiz, so you're not pricks. So. Oh, that's oh, oh man. <laughs> did what I needed to do. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we, we've worked out that you uh, have road rage and would <laughs> like to kill a lot of people and then rewind time and pretend it didn't happen. Right. I mean, Use my. If, it, yeah, my badass yeah. Sith lightning force. Uh, or, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if, that, if that's if that's prickish behavior to me, you know, I'd I'd say that's three <laughs> that, that worries. three pricks and a badass so, Sith guy. I don't know. Yeah. Badass. <laughs> three pricks. Three pricks and a badass. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll go with the shit uh, game like change like game changer or so. What 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 level am I at prickish wise? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, am I am um, I a shit prick? Am I a game changer prick? prick, or am I just a solid prick? I'd I'd say <laughs> solid prick. Um, I'd say you are a game. <laughs> I'd go for a game changer for sure, just for okay. the fact that you came up with the idea of merging three different superpowers just to be a dick to people. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, game changer. Game changer for me. Yeah. I mean, this is not the conversation I thought we'd be having today, but um, yeah, let's go. With, let's go with the game changing prick. Sweet. Okay. Three game-changing pricks. Sweet. All right. I'll take it. I'll take nice. it. Nice. Okay. Um, let everybody know far and wide in the land, Corey Marshall is a game-changing prick. Um, so, and with that, uh, we, we've come to the end. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, please follow us. Uh, share whatever you want to do um, leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening on and we'll see you very soon take care, bye 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 bye